Hello lovely listeners, I'm speaking to you from my office today. I often record these in another room, so if there's a different sound, a different echo, that's what's happened, I'm in a different space. Oh, what a lovely, lovely, lovely metaphor. So I'm talking today about transition. And honestly, that wasn't deliberate, talking about moving into different spaces. But it's very apt. Where I'm sitting now, I can see out of the window into my back garden. There is colour, there's even some sunlight. Um, I'm in my office partly because I'm recording this whilst I bake cookies. I am very aware of the kind of person I sound like right now. Trust me, this is not the only version of me. But yes, today I'm going to record this, I'm going to talk to you, and I'm going to keep jumping up and down to check I'm not burning the cookies. Because this is the new space I'm moving into today. I have spent many months huddled up, prioritising cosy for recording these. And isn't that just how so many of us get through winter? I don't know how many of you have been following the kind of hygge um, movement. I mean, it's been going on for centuries, but we're only just cottoning on to it here in the UK. Um, a kind of focus on a more Nordic way of doing, dealing with winter cold and darkness and that, that intentional focus on the cosy. And although I am in my favourite massive pink jumper today, because it isn't the warmest, I am basking in light and I'm thinking about transition and new spaces. I'm also very aware that it was only when I sat down to do this that I noticed I'm two weeks late on a podcast episode, The Time Just Flew. But again, that's apt to notice because this week that I'm in right now is the first week of the schools going back here in the UK. So we're still in lockdown, but our schools have reopened, um, certainly for all the primary schools. And so the end of last week, the beginning of this week, has definitely been a transition for me and mine. And it's been a bit interesting to notice how... I've moved through that transition. So first thing to notice is I dropped the ball on some of my regular routines, such as recording podcasts. I dropped the ball. Transition does that to us. We start to feel like we're not functioning at full capacity just because we're adjusting. Half our brain is on what is ahead and it's a difficult thing to stay in what is in the present. This transition is requiring me to move from a kind of do work as best as I can whilst homeschooling and remaining a generally pleasant human being kind of a phase into a my daughter's now out at school, back full time, and I have the house to myself to work in and focus on during the week. It's a strange transition, partly because it's a very mixed feelings one. You're sending your child out, hoping that they're going to be safe, hoping they're going to be well and finding it a bit odd not to see each other quite as much as you were doing. 
and on the other hand, loving every minute of that. But it's a different me that is being required of right now. And how many of you listening have had, oh, what a stupid question. Of course, you've all encountered transitions. And in those transitions, have you encountered different versions of yourself, different yous that have needed to step up and take space where an old new needed to step back because the context of your life had changed. And so the who you are is adapting with that. There's a kind of running joke amongst a lot of us in the TCK community that moving furniture around becomes the go-to way of switching up our immediate environment. And this makes so much sense, given that when we are in transition, or frankly, when we need transition and no transition is forthcoming, we initiate that by, by exerting some sort of control over our immediate stuff. It gives us a sense of managing our own habitat, our own environment, um, making it work for us. But when we're in transition, because our environment is changing for us, or perhaps it is a transition we've chosen to step into, the habitat sometimes is the thing we notice changing. And it's harder to tap into who we now need to be to fit that. I was finding it really difficult to focus in the spare time that I actually had this week where I wasn't trying to teach fractions and just finding that really hard to do. It took me until yesterday, so what's that, Thursday of my week, because occasionally I think very slowly, to realise that I needed to lean into taking control of my immediate environment to make my habitat work for me. I work best in order. This is something I know about who I am. And I don't know if any of you remember exercises or assignments at school where very often primary school at some point, as some sort of scientific exercise, children are asked to create a mythical creature. They're asked to imagine all the elements of this creature, its appearance, its um, diet, its um, habits, its behaviours, and yes, its habitat. Sometimes I think we can end up feeling like a mythical creature. And until we work out what we eat, how we work best, what our behaviours are, what our needs are, it really is very difficult to come to the habitat portion of the question. Our habitat needs to meet our needs. But so many of us are wired for adapting to our habitat. The exerting, or I should rephrase that, prioritising, changing our habitat to meet our needs can be a bit clunky. It can be a bit challenging. Partly because it's easier sometimes to borrow from what other people's habitats look like. We can read blogs and self-help books and, and hear that, well, what works for them is to only check their emails at a certain time of the day. Or what works for them is to wake up at five in the morning and go for a, a 3K run. Or 
what their habitat needs to look like to get them performing well is a designated space for this and a routine for that. This particular diet, this particular job. But what about us? If there's anything that has been consistent for me personally, it's that what I'm told works for everybody else is often just not what works for me. I remember a supervisor telling me once to never, ever, ever work in my bedroom because it would mess with my work-life balance too much and feeling fairly crestfallen at that because actually some days that's where I worked best. Some days my need was for comfort and cosiness and a sense of safety that I could find when surrounded by pillows. And that would unlock my creative expression and I would be able to focus and flow. Being told what our habitat should look like or what we should need from it is very limiting. So... If you were a mythical creature, what do you need from your habitat today? Do you need order to be able to work well? That's something I've learned for me. I have spent far too much time criticising myself for not being able to just blinker out distractions around me and focus on my work. And yes, that's a skill set that is sometimes very, very necessary. But ultimately, I work best if my environment is clean and tidy to a degree um, and there's a sense of being on top of things, on top of the mundane every day. Once that is settled, I can focus. Partly, I think, because I'm quite easily distracted. And so if I'm aware that the cat's litter box needs changing or I'm aware that I could write my name in the dust on that bookcase, it's very very difficult for me to focus on any higher level thinking, anything creative. But once those things are done, there's a sense of internal order and a sense of internal peace. Now, other people, they feel the reverse. They feel the need to do all of that creative, messy thinking, abstract stuff to produce deep thinking work. Or creative um, crafting work perhaps and then they restore order. Some people need structure. I need structure to a point and then I need to break all the structure because it feels instantly limiting. So this is another one to bear in mind. Does your mythical creature always need the same things at the same time? Because mine doesn't. Mine is a fickle creature. And I need to allow her to be so. I need to keep checking in with what I need to be able to work well today, to be able to make the most of this new space, this new transition I'm entering. I need to stay tuned into my needs so that I have a half a chance of meeting them. Another very mundane need is nourishment. Sometimes we need really basic foods that we can not have to think about too much, not have to take long preparing, that gets us the calories and the vitamins that we need, and then we can move on to the more important stuff. 
for me, if I have too many meals like that, I start to feel very hard done by. I need cookies and I need good salad dressing and I need colour and I need variety. And when I have those things, I perform better in all ways. So when I'm in transition, that's one of the things that I need to focus on prioritising in my changing habitat. It's not enough to just keep my eyes on the prize of the new structure or the new setup or the new routine and rhythm that's happening. I need to maintain some of these qualities of life that actually feed, no pun intended, me. Are you going through transition today? Are you moving from one way of being to another? Many of us are, not just because of a direct result of the pandemic and the lockdown, but because things are lifting, because jobs are changing, because our social worlds are shifting. And sometimes it's just not clear what shape this new space is going to take yet. What's it going to look like? And that's why we need to pay attention to what our needs are so that we can keep meeting them and making that new environment that we're entering work for us. But it does mean understanding and allowing the needs of our own internal mythical creatures. It's no good telling our creature that they shouldn't need X or Y because it's frankly too inconvenient. They need it, they need it. How are we going to provide it for ourselves? And of course, with any transition, there are, I think, four things that ease us along the way that have helped me. Not expecting too much of myself. That's been a key one. Just because I've had extra time and space, sometime, somehow in this transition, I have managed to not fill it with demands to produce more. I've given myself space to be inefficient in. Actual space to be ineffective, to not get as much done, because the emotional and mental work of just noticing the shift in my context is enough. I'm already doing more just by being in transition. And overloading that with an expectation of greater production is just going to fry my system. So while we're in transition, we need space to make mistakes, to be inefficient, to sleep in a bit too long, to potter around, to just be and adapt to our new environment. And very closely linked to this, of course, is patience. All the transitions you ever made in childhood, I hope you had a patient adult to ease you through them. Some presence that indicated to you understanding that this was going to take time to adjust to, however supposedly good an adjustment it was going to be that it still takes time to attune to that. Patience goes a long way. 
And you know, if you didn't have that patient adult, or if you couldn't for some reason absorb a message of patience in childhood, try offering it to yourself as an adult. A little patience with myself has been a hard-won skill set. It does not come naturally to me. I am possibly one of the most impatient people on this planet. But patience with myself is the difference between self-compassion and self-loathing. It's very, very important to practice this. To practice treating yourself as though it's okay if you take time. Humour. Humour helps in transition. When we're in transition, there's part of us very often that feels like we're regressing. As mentioned before, we're often less effective, we lose things more, we've moved things around, we can't find stuff. It feels like we're always slightly behind. Because we're adapting, we're readjusting, we're working out what the new rules are or what the new structure is or what the new life is. If we're in another country and we're transitioning, asking for a cup of coffee can feel just as arduous a process as it did when we were 10 and allowed to go to the shop by ourselves and try and navigate remembering the shopping list of goods. It's a big deal and it can make us feel like a little child. Humour helps. When we mess things up or we get things back around or we oversleep or we drop things a million times a day. This is all part of transitioning. We're relocating our physical and emotional selves in a new context. Whether that's because of a life change, children going back to school, whether that's because of a country change or a job change or a relationship change. We can feel like little children and little children laugh. If we can give ourselves an internal side squeeze and a giggle because we are actually being a bit daft sometimes, that takes us to the fourth thing that we need to, which is accompaniment. We need to be our own allies in this bring ourselves along with ourselves, to accompany ourselves with self-delight, rather than, well I suppose in a sense this is the antithesis to impatience as well, isn't it? It's that, yes, you're transitioning, you're doing a great job, it's that internal cheerleader that says, I see how hard you're working doing great. Hopefully you had this in your own childhood transitions and you can find that internal voice without too much difficulty, having internalised that from the adults around you who modelled this for you. But if you didn't, you can still create this voice for yourself. This is where we get to play with accompaniment of self with that self-compassionate voice that's on our own side. 
this is a different voice from our internal critic, right? Who says, you should be doing this faster, better, stronger. This is the voice that says, wow, good job. This is the voice that says, yes, your day would be made better by cookies. So why don't you take a few minutes and make the cookies? That looks like it would make you feel good. It's that internal part of us that gives us permission to step into joy, to find comfort in the middle of transition, to ground ourselves in who we are and that who we are being good. I hope some of this was helpful. I think this was a little bit, maybe a bit of a different post, a different podcast today. But hopefully there's something here that can be of use to you if you are finding yourself in transition. To create a kind of sense of who you are as a mythical creature and from that to develop a better understanding of the habitat you need so that you can make changes to that habitat to suit you better, to give yourself your needs whilst you're adapting. But also a reminder to offer yourself space to error, patience, humour and accompaniment and self-delight as you're in your transition. Thanks for listening.